Thank you, Norm. Uh, there's a guitar being tuned in the background, and we'll speak of that and the tuner in just a moment. Uh, perhaps the best way to introduce this program, tonight's program, and our guest is for me to talk about yesterday, Tuesday. It's a pretty eventful day for me. It started out in the morning at the county jail, and I was there at the uh, request of the sheriff to offer a lecture on jazz of sorts uh, with recordings, and I was moved tremendously moved by the wise and knowing comments of the inmates in terms of jazz and a number of other items. Uh, later in the evening, I was fortunate to introduce Louis Armstrong at a jazz concert before a, a forum, a south side forum of people who are conditioned to be against jazz. They have been, uh, I guess, bred in the tradition of classical music, uh, like chamber music, like symphonies and concert artists, but somehow had this prejudice against jazz for the very simple reason that they hadn't heard it. And again, I was moved uh, by the reaction of an audience uh, to an artist of whom they, surprisingly enough, in this middle of the 20th century, knew little. And yet they were moved by his music and his artistry, and they bust out and let loose. But that didn't top the evening. It was topped when I went down to the Gate of Horn and heard a singer. Now, you've heard her, I know, on Norm Pellegrini's Midnight Special and occasionally on the Almanac uh, because of her record, the fantasy West Coast label. Odetta Felius is her name, and not since the, I have to go pretty far back to uh, show in a parallel sense to what extent I was moved. When I first heard the Weavers, I guess, singing together, when I first heard Lead Belly for the first time singing Gallus Pole, that's about the only way I can describe the extent to which I was moved by the singing of Odetta last night, and she's our guest tonight for the Almanac. She's at the Gate of Horn. She opened last night. Odetta? I'm quite honored. No, no. We're pleased that you're here. And there's the guitar beside you. And I suppose the first question to ask, one that comes to mind, this program is going to be strictly off the cuff. Uh, we two sitting right here as though we were in the parlors. When did you... Uh, were you always a singer of folk songs? No. No, I was in the... I was one of those conditioned to the chamber music, to the concert stage, to the opera and I was studying for the concert stage. And then I stumbled over folk music. I discovered folk music after it, of course, had been around for years and years. And it was in San Francisco that I discovered folk music. But you studied, mm -hmm. uh, you had academic training as mm -hmm. a singer. Yes. Contralto, you were mezzo. Well, I was in the middle of uh, changing voices from here and there. Mm -hmm. And it was a dram um, dramatic lyric soprano. Voice. And, and you, you appeared in, uh, I was told you appeared in Finian's Rainbow, in, in a company of Finian's Rainbow, the Yip Harburg musical. That, oh yes, what a beautiful musical that is. It's tremendous. Uh, Gene Mann put that on at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, which is an outdoor theater, and a summer theater. And to sing, to be in that musical outside with trees and stars around it was just a magnificent experience. Is there a song, Odetta, anyone that comes to mind that perhaps might uh, bring back a memory of the days when you first took to folk music? Need not, this need not be a chronological, chronologically set program. Just anything comes to mind. What song, for instance, you sit here now with a guitar? Well, I remember before I even thought that I would take up the guitar or, or anything, when I went back to Los Angeles, there was one song that stuck to my mind, <coughs> and I remember it was to take this hammer. 
but I couldn't remember the melody, so I started trying to reconstruct the melody. Um, and as it turned out, uh, evidently the ear was was uh, retained enough of it to, to be like the, the Take This Hammer. And um, I'm my mother's child, which I cannot remember, but is a beautiful You can't song. remember I, that? And I, I've never run across since uh, I heard it in this top floor apartment with the beams, the ceilings coming slanting down and the candlelight. And, and, uh, I take this, this uh, take this hammer. Uh, you heard Lead Belly sing that on a recording, did you? I've heard Lead Belly sing that on a recording, of course, yes. Could you do that now? Does that uh, come to you easily? Well, now let's see. Oh, Lead Belly. I'm sure would have been awfully proud of you. I wish I could have met Lead Belly. Uh, I think uh, having met him a couple of times and worked with him once, I'm sure that he would have been tremendously pleased to have known you and to have sung with you, because that song, the way, in fact, not since Let himself have I heard it sung quite this way. Now I know what Pete Seeger and Belafonte were talking about when they said, you've got to see Odetta and hear her. And might I just say this uh, to the audience listening, hearing her is quite an experience, but seeing and hearing her is quite, really, quite overwhelming. As you sang this song, the, the poetry it is so powerful, isn't it? Yes. Tell yes. them, uh, I wasn't... Uh, Tell him I'm gone, tell him I'm gone. If he asks you was I running, tell him I'm flying. I don't want no cornbread and molasses. It hurts my pride. Isn't that beautiful? It hurts my pride. Then you do, I guess, uh, just about anything in terms of folk songs, don't you, Dad? I mean, work songs, lullabies. Work songs, lullabies, yes. Yes. Um, um, the taste run, runs quite a long ways, and... Uh, I try to take in all of, <laughs> all of the things. And you do, every <laughs> facet of life. <clears throat> There's a lullaby you sang last night at the gate. And again, uh, you are the one. It's the kind of song that was almost made for a singer like you, All the Pretty Little Horses. Oh, that's a lovely song. That's a lovely song. Do you want to explain it the way you did and then go into it, if you will? All right. Your feelings about this particular song? Well, this song, the lullaby, Hush... All the Pretty Little Horses comes from the southern part of the country and it is a woman singing to a child she is taken, taken care of <clears throat> and she makes reference to her own child who is alone at this point and she refers to her child as Lammy. Odetta, listening to you sing two songs uh, of contrast work song, a powerful work song, and then this very tender and poignant lullaby, and yet each one's so different, you fall into each so naturally. I mean, is there a way you approach a song, any particular way you approach a song? Well, there, there, there is a way I approach songs. <clears throat> um, they are different, however. With the lullaby, uh, it more or less remains a lullaby all the way through. But with a song that, uh, say, like... Um, the ham take this hammer, or John Henry. <coughs> there is some bit of calculating as far as what uh, should happen, verse after verse, as far as the guitar and the voice is concerned, so that um, when before an audience and performing for an audience, the um, song does not lose interest because of uh, 
You it was add, just a, a line that... You add your own variation to it. Yes, sir. Uh, which yes. you wouldn't do, say, with a lullaby, which you sing purely. Uh, the, uh, it's, it is a, l a slightly true with the, with the lullaby, too. Uh, it, if you'd like me to sort of pick this lullaby apart. Sure, would it you? It was just sort of going along with, uh, with the melody line. And then uh, where... On the last chorus, I variated from the melody um, vocally, and I added uh, 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 grace notes, let's say, on the guitar, which was sort of no something new uh, in, at the end of the song, so that the interest isn't dropped completely. It's a bit of a bit of yourself in every song, really. I mean, it's your own touch. Really, that you add to any song, isn't that the idea? Yeah, I, yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think this is true with. Uh, you have to. With uh, the, whether folk singer or, uh, or, um, a jazz singer, blues singer. How did you pick <coughs> up many of the songs? I mean, uh, was it uh, through hearing, uh, recordings and uh, folk singers coming through the coast towns? Well, at first, at first it was, people themselves and you kids around sang a song and asked me if I would like to learn or I would ask them if I could that they would teach me the song then through records uh, as I learned where to go to get the records and uh, then through books uh, which is more difficult it, it's sort of impersonal the books as cold hard print <laughs> yeah you have to toss <laughs> yes. yourself into it right yes. there Yes. What about, uh, what comes to mind now? What do you feel like singing as you sit here now? You've sung a work song and lullaby. Uh, you could sing another of each, makes no diff. But what do you feel like doing? Well... You sit here quietly like... Maybe, uh, maybe we could talk a little more. Oh, you want to talk some more? Sure. You're very comfortable to talk with. Oh, good. <laughs> you are. What about this matter of, of the repertoire that you have? I mean, uh, since it varies, from work songs to lullabies to love songs to anything. Is there any particular phase that you prefer? Any any song of any vintage that you yourself have a leaning for? Toward? Well, um, a song that is, let's say, maybe may recent or that I'm working on at that at this particular point or any particular given point, um, a work and in they, progress, like they, a yes, song in and progress. you know, and it may be that for two weeks solid, I'm singing one song day in and day out, you know, and um, it's it's more than just fun because by the end of these two weeks, there's something crystallized, or I have some road to travel on. And this leads to I think what could be an interesting point here, just what you've said. You sing this song. But you don't sing it the same way twice, do you? I mean, it grows no. on you as you keep singing. Like an actor, a good actor, for example, never plays the role uh, the same way each night in a play. An actor That's like E.G. Marshall, mm -hmm. who saw you last night, a very excellent actor, he's in Desire Under the Elms. I'm sure he wouldn't play the role of this old man the same way every night. It'll grow into it. Mm -hmm. Is that the way it is with you and, and the song? Well, I, I sound as if I'm complimenting myself, mm -hmm. but it's true. It's uh, not the same way twice, certainly. Um, because so much has to do with um, how one feels at that particular moment. And um, 
what has happened during the day and what you have seen that has inspired or has has uh, depressed you. Well, you're coming back to one of the uh, rock-bottom bases of folk singing. It has to tie in with daily experience. It isn't something that is invented. It has mm. to have the element of your own feeling and own experience. Yes. Do you know I Big Bill Bronzy, the blues singer? Oh, well, of him, certainly. You know, and uh, I'm here in San, in, San Francisco, in Chicago. And I'm in the same city where he is, and I hope to meet him and oh, see well, him soon. You most certainly will meet him. <laughs> and then, well, Bill has said, you know, that someone says that blues all sound the same. Bill says blues singers can never sing the same way twice, since blues is so much part of a man's life, mm -hmm. certainly as of Bill's. How, if he feels sick one day, or strong the next, or mm -hmm. sad one day, happy the next, the song will be affected. This, then, is your feeling about... Uh, Very definitely. Yes. Tell us a bit about yourself, a little autobiographical data, Odetta, data, Odetta. Data, Odetta. Uh, you're from uh, San Francisco originally? No, I was born in Birmingham. And um, my family uh, went to Los Angeles when I was about six. And we've been there ever since. And um, the first time I went to San Francisco, it was the first time I was away from home by myself, you know. And it was a big deal. <laughs> I was an adult. And um, it was then that I, I got this love for San Francisco. And after going back to Los Angeles, decided to go to San Francisco and live, which I did. Um, and then I went back to Los Angeles and then back to San Francisco, and here I am in Chicago. And we trust, we know you'll be here for an awful long time. Is there a song that you, uh, is it possible that you could remember a song that you heard as a little child that might fit in your repertoire? Well, um, oddly enough, with the, I find myself, I, to my aunt I will say, can you remember any songs uh -huh. that you used to sing, you know, uh -huh. busy collecting yeah. firsthand in the field, <laughs> asking uh -huh. my aunt. And uh, I never think to think about songs that I've, we used to chant when jumping rope or uh -huh. playing hopscotch in school. And then in, um, in a book, I found uh, this song that was a song that we used to do, which was, uh, I was very impressed with being a part of the folk music tradition <laughs> the United States. This is coming back to your own life. You know, Sandberg once made the crack. This little boy finally realized he was talking prose all his life. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, ta I've been talking prose. Here you've been probably singing uh, some of the songs as a, as a child that are part of folk song repertoire. You've been looking elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah. definitely. That song. So you came back. You returned. Uh, the cycle was complete when you, sang, you finally sang this one mm -hmm. as a singer uh, before it, people. Uh, um, this was a song you recall from Birmingham days. No, no. from uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles days. days. School days, and school that's where I went to school so. in Los Angeles. And I can um, remember jumping rope, you know, and I can remember the skin knees and the kids and the lost ribbon bows and all sorts of things <laughs> when I sing that song. This particular song then brings back a, a graphic, graphically a memory mm -hmm. of little detail. Isn't that funny how, you know, folk songs like blues, folk that's specific, isn't that it? They deal with specifics. I mean, yes, yes. In contrast to a Tin Pan Alley tune, it's yes. general. It is a generalized, yes, yes, very definitely. I noticed, for example, last night you, you sang a spiritual, you sang Joshua, Fit the Battle. 
mm -hmm. last night too. Do you include many spirituals in your repertoire too? Um, not, necess not necessarily, and I say this because there isn't any particular type of song that I include in the repertoire yeah. specifically. Um, but there are spirituals that in the repertoire that I'm quite fond of and I like doing, and Joshua is one of them, certainly. And Deep River, which I suppose would be a sort of semi Deep River, which you opened. I think you opened one, one program set. Yes, with, with Deep River. I never heard Deep River sung that way before. In fact, some of the words, there must be a number of versions of that, aren't there? Well, of course, Deep River I've been hearing and um, for, for years. And um, I had never heard one section of it that I found in a book. And when I found this, it was as if, as if I discovered a song that no one else knew, although it was Deep River, it was one part of Deep River. Um, um, should I do that now? I wish you, you would. I'm having fun. Incidentally, <laughs> uh, as we're sitting here, may I describe this sort of a blow-by-blow -blow description? Odetta is very gently and quietly tuning and retuning the guitar. What do you call this that this you're shoving This is the what? The capo. It Couple. changes. I can that play changes. in one key position and play in different keys. Deep River. Well, that it's as though we're hearing the song for the first time. I mean, we've been so accustomed to hearing concert baritones and tenors and sopranos sing it as a sort of concert song, you know, mm -hmm. stylized. And, and hearing it sung straight sort of makes you realize the, the deep spiritual overtones that it has. Again, the folk singer. Mm -hmm. Comes to back. Of course, it, it is a classic, so that, you know, it's this it's, uh, spiritual itself is such a classic. There's something, uh, the very fact that you lived on the West Coast, I suppose, made you acquainted with uh, Santi Anno, as you sang it, uh, the song mm -hmm. about the Mexican general. The only time I heard that was a Frank Luther record, way back. Frank Luther's Zora Lehman did a series of songs for decades, years ago, mm -hmm. till you sang it last night. Never well, this is a story within itself, of course. Uh, um, Larry Moore, who you know. Larry was your partner on the fantasy. On the fantasy. Uh, and uh, once he was a guest on the Almanac several yes. years ago. Uh, well, we were working at the Tin Angel. In San Francisco. In, in San Francisco. And Cinerama Holiday was, uh, uh, the Cinerama group was in San Francisco. And they were filming the top of the mark, and those little bugs, the cable cars, they're wonderful. And uh, they wanted a waterfront dive, or a cafe, or a nightclub. And the Tin Angel had received some publicity about that time, and they came down to see the Tin Angel. And they talked to Peggy, told Watkins, who owns it, Tin Angel, who owned it then. And they signed, uh, they said they wanted us to sing for their Cinerama. So the only difficulty was they wanted a Californian folk song. And when I heard this, I said to Larry, who sings Californian folk songs? <laughs> <laughs> because it was the truth. I had really never heard any. So um, Larry went to the library early the next morning, and he went through books that were just filled with dust, and no one had seen these books or touched them or to research or anything. And a mutual friend of ours suggested a song in a book that we both had. 
and it was Santiano. And so we stayed up all that night, and they fed us coffee, and we were memorizing this thing and arranging it. And uh, the duet, needless to say, is much better than just a plain single. Well, it was pretty powerful. This Larry Moore is quite an artist. Quite did, did you do this uh, in the movie, Cinerama? Yes, I want yes. to see that movie. The Cinerama, Cinerama Holiday. Cinerama Holiday. Mm -hmm. This is then, this is, I didn't know it was a sea shanty. Uh, I, I couldn't tell from the, uh, with due respect to Frank Luther, and it was like, I didn't know it was a sea shanty till you sang it last night, and it was uh. a sea shanty. <laughs> Could you tackle that now? Do you feel in a seafaring mood? Sure, right all right. Uh, oh. Let's assume the, the ocean is waving out there. It's wavy. Yes. And uh, the ship sets out, and you've got some work to do, and you're the uh, shanty woman, if there is such a one. Why not? Yeah, it might be. It's obvious now there is no song that is exclusively a man song. <laughs> Santiana. <laughs> it's, uh, we, we're so accustomed to thinking of, of work songs and, and shanties as, as we think it's inappropriate that a woman sing it. And yet, when you give it so much power and warmth, who's to deny that? <laughs> Santiana. I don't know quite what you to know, say about this, that. This ties right in with uh, some other songs that you do, the, the same powerful vintage. Like, Jack, where did you learn Jack of Diamonds, for example? Off of a record, and I do it nowhere like um, Reverend Gary Davis. Was it? No. Why is the name escaped yeah. me at this point? It was a. Uh, it was. It was um, Reverend, and I can't think of his name right now. With Sonny Terry, and, and the harmonica. Do you know who? Yeah, Gary Davis. It was Gary Davis then? Uh, and the son is Sonny Terry. On the on the uh, And who was on the on the guitar? Maybe Brownie McGee, possibly. Brownie. Uh, was it possibly? Brownie McGee? I'm just guessing. Parsons he's worked uh, a lot with uh, Sonny Terry. And his that album itself is called Jack of Diamonds. Jack of Diamonds. And um, of course, it uh, you start you listen to a song. Uh, let's say I listen to this particular song. And there was no way on this earth that I could get, you know, just that. Um, not that I would want to copy, certainly, but uh, what I mean is get what he was saying. Uh, so I just sort of forgot it for a while, but it's, it, it stuck with you. It really did. So I just started working on it. Uh, trying to be as objective as possible about it, <laughs> not accusing myself from leaving all sorts of things out that he put in, you know. Um, Being objective about something so subjective. Yes. As a song like Jack of Diamonds. Yes. And again, you added, you added something of yourself to it there. To, to, uh, well, I guess to, was, as, as in every song, I guess you have to. Yeah, that's, it's a Even though you first heard someone else sing it. And who I agreed with so completely. I mean, I'd agree. I agreed with what he said, but I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't say it. Let's say in that way. How would you, Odetta, uh, say Jack of Diamonds or sing Jack of Diamonds? This is what's known as a lead into a song. I, I suppose <laughs> as much. <laughs> Let me get this around me now. This too has been sung as you're tuning uh, the guitar. This too has been sung so many times. John Jacob Niles, another version entirely. Well, this card, the Jack of Diamonds, is <clears throat> has been used so much for just plain philosophy, you know, philosophy of life. Uh, 
blamed and praised. The symbolism and cards. The symbolism. Put your jack on the queen, it'll turn your money green. So a jack of diamonds, queen of spades, a 40 pinochle. Oh, is that for 40 pinochle? And I've never, is, does this, is this good? Oh, sure, it's very good. If you have it in your hand. Uh, yeah. It's not very good. <laughs> it's very yes. good, too, if, it's, if you're filling into a diamond flesh, too. It's that, very good. Uh, then it rings <laughs> true. I mean, no, it's... It rings very true. Yes. Incidentally, Les Brown handed me a little note that was Brother John Sellers. Brother, that's right. And this is yes, so funny that's because right. he worked with us here in Chicago, Brother John, first uh, uh, with Big Bill. In fact, he pinched mm -hmm. it for Big Bill. Yes. The album was uh, Jack of Diamonds. Yeah. Jack of Diamonds. Freddie Green was the guitarist, in fact, mm -hmm. and Count Basie's guitarist. I'm ashamed of myself. No, no, but this brother, John Sellers, he did it here. He was telling the very thing you're saying about the nature of cards. He's very impressed. He wasn't a gambler himself, but he used to watch a lot of gambling games. Mm -hmm. And he was tremendously taken with the, well, as Les Brown over there will attest, the excitement of a poker game. Mm. And Jack of Diamonds <laughs> was always a, a, a key a key. And I guess there's always been religious and mystical symbols to cards anyway. Mm. Always mm -hmm. has. You know, uh, the people always, I know, I know that you're continually uh, requested. Uh, I guess wherever you are to sing John Henry, is that the most often requested number of, uh, of yours? Is there one number that's requested more often than others of those that you sing and play? Well, I don't, uh, I don't. There isn't any one, is there? I don't know. I. I, people, some people who have heard me will, and it can run from Hush Little Baby to John Henry, really, depending on uh, what mood they were in the particular night they heard me, and you know, and uh, what what they identified with. I guess that particular night, I. Well, do you when you know. sing at the Gate of Horns, say, do you arrange, uh, do you arrange your songs in a certain sequence? You do. I try. I try. I do arrange them, and I try to um, have it so that it, the program isn't too heavy or bogged down. As a as a variation. Yes. You know, yes. both in pace and in theme. Mm -hmm. And to get uh, melodies that are similar away from each other. Uh -huh. You know. Well, you've just sung Jack of Diamonds. What is a song that you feel is a, is a natural follow-up to a sort of rousing at the same time moving tune like Jack? Um, nothing heavy, let's say, just, well, on you the guitar kick here, I have a, well, uh, uh, last night, the program was Jack of Diamonds, and to follow with Sweet Potatoes, Sweet which, potatoes. which is uh, a children's song, and it's, um, comes from an area of the country where sweet potatoes are grown in abundance, and um, the, a great part of the diet is sweet potatoes, sometimes in abundance, and the the child is singing about uh, the sweet potatoes, which is, and some some uh, highlights of his day. Would you like to hear? I'd like to very much. Let's see. <coughs> sort of a Creole flavor to mm -hmm. it almost. It's a bit of philosophy too, isn't it? <laughs> I guess you find that in all, in, in all uh, kids' songs, don't you? Certain basic basic philosophies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very simple, straight to the point. Yes. You yes, know what you haven't true. sung tonight? It just, just occurred to me. You haven't sung a love song. 
of any work songs. Well, lullaby, of course, is a love song. Well, yes, but, but not that's not a boy girl. Uh, no, not a <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a child mother child uh -huh. relationship. Um, a love song. Do you it's, want this an is unrequited not love or do oh, you well, find <laughs> something I come for to sing? <laughs> unrequited. Well, let's try unrequited and then perhaps uh, successful love. <laughs> All right. Um, my favorite at this point of the unrequited loves is uh, Last of the Low Country. And that's the very first time I've heard it sung that way, almost as a cry rather than just a, a plaintive, soft little tune, which I've mm -hmm. so often heard it sung as. It's a cry. Mm -hmm. And you kind of soar, too, at the treatment of her, in a oh. way. That's good. That's, hmm? that's good. That's good. Didn't you feel that? I don't know. Or, or am I imagining? I thought well, of course, of, I yeah. do, but yeah. uh, that because I feel it doesn't mean necessarily that uh, you or an audience yeah, well, would. It, it comes across. Another thing is the accompaniment. Never heard you have a quite an exciting up-tempoed accompaniment to this very slow-tempoed song. The song, yes. Yeah. How did you come across that idea? I heard a tape of a man who is pure genius in Los Angeles. His name is Frank Hamilton. Isn't that funny? Have you Pete heard of him? No, yeah, just through uh, the praises of Pete Seeger, he raves about him. Mm -hmm. Well, this man, I heard this, this, the last of Low Country, and he was playing a magnificent guitar. And I sat down, and I was trying to find out where he was playing on the guitar. And I got my fingers all, you know, stretched, mm -hmm. but it, <laughs> nothing ever came of it. And, um,. I guess out of pure defensiveness, I just sort of started, because I liked the song, and I didn't have enough patience to keep at trying to find the, what he was doing. And it turns out that, uh, and I wouldn't, th th this I wouldn't put past Frank at all. He has tuned his guitar completely, you know, unconventionally. <laughs> and he's going along, and he's, he's excellent, by the way. And it's from him that you... Uh, th this is where I first heard the song, and his accompaniment with it, plus the song. The second time in two days I heard it, and I hadn't heard it till yesterday. The second time in two days. Mm. Frank Hamilton. Mm. Frank Hamilton. Is there a, uh, is there a community of uh, folk singers in San Francisco? Are there a good number of them? In, uh, um, there are quite a lot of uh, folk singers in Los Angeles, and one place that um, they sort of congregate congregate is out in Santa Monica Beach, a little place, little alley called Goat Gulch. They've sort of named it Goat, Goat Gulch. Gulch. <laughs> yes. oh. There are millions of children running around and, and uh, they have <coughs> hoot nannies once uh. in a while. And it's, um, uh, Bess Hawes of course is out there, in Butch and Bess Hawes. Mm -hmm. And um, Frank Hamilton, Guy Carolyn, and um, and there is an audience for it out there. There's yes, a definite audience for it on audience. the coast cities. That is building and building. And building. Um, Herb Cohen has put on some concerts at the Wilshire Ebel, a series of concerts. That, uh, a concert that Larry Moore and, and Rolf Kahn and myself just finished Sunday night. And um, this house holds 1,200, and I think we had um, about 1,000 there. 
which a few years ago we couldn't have uh, had at all. You feel very definitely there's been a resurgence in interest in folk music. I think so, yes. Well, it's through singers like you, Odetta. I mean, there are a number, and you're one of them, who I think have had a lot to do with developing the people's interest in, in songs of the sort. You know, you've had, we've had unrequited love. Surely we, we can't uh, let it go at that. Have you something that deals with fulfilled love? Fulfilled love. <coughs> in spite of all obstacles. In spite of all, it overcometh all. Aren't you always taking Odetta with the way that song finishes? It just comes to a spot and it, it ends. It, it, it always leaves you. You know, it's just in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and you figure out, how can I end it? But you can't, you know, yeah. you can't go back to the... Uh, to the tonic because then it isn't the so it's the song still certainly but it and it, that ending yeah. that unsure ending kind it's of also it's also right theme wise as far as the theme mm -hmm. there has no ending in a mm -hmm. sense it's just right mm -hmm. you know I, I look at the clock and the hour is about up it is but somehow could we have is it possible I know they're waiting for it at the gate Norm would it be possible to have one more song by Odetta would you for no it's kind of late it is kind of yeah late. they're waiting at the horn well, we'll have to do obviously have you back again Odetta would that like I would break. enjoy very would much. Like it, it, this very was, much. this was so enjoyable. And uh, I'd like to talk more and find out what's going on in Chicago. Well, you, you, you'll do that because you're going to be here for a long time. And as far as uh, uh, your being pleased to be here tonight, it goes doubly for me, for Norm Pellegrini, for the station. I'm sure for the audience. Thank you very much, Odetta. Now people can hear at the Gate of Horn on Chicago and Dearborn. Bob Gibson is there, and Paul Clayton does those fine wailing ballads. Is there? No, Dad, you're, you're there every night, uh, except six Mondays. nights a week. Is that right? So I'm sure that the FMT listeners would enjoy seeing you, as well as hearing you I at the so. Gate of Horn. I hope so. Thanks very much, Odetta. Thank Felix. you very much.